Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And I just realized in the doc, I had copied from uh, a past episode that we did where we pretended that uh, Morgan I almost was introduced me. myself as Rebecca Johnson. <laughs> and I was like, no, Morgan, you know your own name. You got this. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> that just feels uh, right in discussing my adventures with Superman and the, the identity, the theme of who am I? What is, what is, what is, who am I in the, re- who is, who is my real person that I am? So uh, I think that is actually pretty fitting. Well, uh, we are live and wired on the DC TV podcast, YouTube channel to discuss and review the third episode of the new animated series, My Adventures with Superman titled uh, My Adventure. No, no, my interview. I'm sorry. There's a lot of with to Superman in these titles. Uh, it's My Adventures with Superman. And the episode is my interview with Superman. Just oh, that's confusing. That. It is confusing. I want to make make it uh, <laughs> right here. Uh, our apologies uh, to the Facebook folks who normally watch us on Facebook. Somehow on StreamYard, Facebook uh, got disconnected uh, before we went, oh, no. went live for some reason. So uh, we're not streaming to Facebook for this episode, but we'll get that uh, corrected for next time. So it was a very weird oddity that happened uh, this week, but we will uh, check on that. And uh, before we get into our episode discussion, if you are watching us on YouTube, maybe give us a like and uh, a subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already subscribed already, that would be great. Uh, but before we get into all of the talk of my adventures with Superman and the my interview with Superman episode, uh, we need to get to the news. Okay, and we have news. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Did you know? Uh, After just four weeks in theaters, DC's The Flash is now available to watch at home. That might seem like a bad sign to you, and that's because it is. Yeah, yeah, not great. A physical release on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD is expected on September 5th, but Warner Brothers hasn't announced when fans can stream The Flash on Max. Uh, the Flash will run you about $24.99 on Apple TV, Amazon Prime Video, and other major digital platforms. Yeah. I did not know it was out already. Yeah. That it is crazy. Yeah. It's it's on digital, but we don't have the physical media yet, which I probably will get uh, because it has uh, Supergirl stuff in it. So got to add that mm. to the collection 
uh, and also physical media is the superior uh, visual. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yes, it is. It is the the best way to view it because uh, streaming is based on your internet and your buffering. That's true. And you know what? You'll know if you get it on physical media that like um, some streaming company won't just delete it for a tax write off someday. That's you'll true. always be able to watch it because you'll you'll own it in your hands. Did you, by the way, Rebecca? Did you see that? Like, um, I think Disney or Marvel is like releasing WandaVision. But it's just like a case, and then like in the case is like a like a playing card or something. Yeah, <laughs> I like, did see this. It's like a it's like there's the it's not a DVD or anything. Like you can't watch the show, so you know, at least this one has a DVD. It, it should but make sure you check it. your sets. We'll make sure there's discs in there. Like, yeah, make there sure discs? You have-, <laughs> have they already deleted it for tax? <laughs> Yeah, I don't fully understand that WandaVision thing because I was like, what's the point of this? It's just like a little metal box, like a decorative box. I mean, now you could if you were a big like fan, you could be like, hey, I'm going to add this to my collection. But why send out a a box that looks like a DVD or a Blu-ray set? It is in the DVD shape. So one would imagine, I feel like what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to buy it thinking it's the DVD. Oh, yeah. When when it gets to their house, they're going to be confused. They're going to be mad. And angry. (laughs) (laughs) It's like what happened to my mom today where she bought some shoes online and she got her shoes. She opened it up and there was only one shoe in there. And I told her, you are going to Italy in a few months. And I I am hearing that that is the newest fashion in Milan. (laughs) (laughs) To to wear just one shoe. Just one shoe. So fashionable. (laughs) So in vogue at the moment. (laughs) She's going to be barefooting it around the country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, uh, that WandaVision thing is strange it sort of sounded like to me that they maybe they had swag sitting around yeah and they were trying to like <clears throat> offload it so they were like here's what we'll do what if we, we won't it- put it out on dvd but we'll take the box and then put the stuff that we can't get rid of we'll put it in the box and then sell that <laughs> like that's what, what if, it feels like to me what if we put some swag in a in a box people love boxes that's <laughs> I have polled a lot of people. All of them are cats, but they love <laughs> boxes. <laughs> yeah, because what what you really want is another box to fill up space in your house uh, that you <laughs> this is just going to take up space. It's weird. Uh, I kind of want to buy it though. <laughs> like, just, I, just to I, see what's inside. <laughs> <laughs> like we should have done. They should have been like, "It's a mystery box." Yes, in there. Yes, and what they actually should have done is say, "It was a mystery box. You don't know what's in there." And a couple of people are going to actually get the season. <gasps> no, what, so like you, like a, like a Willy Wonka thing. Yeah, like you a get Willy a golden Wonka. ticket. <laughs> I got a golden DVD. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Ma, Pa, quick, I got the, I got the Blu-ray. <laughs> you can run home to your grandparents who are all sleeping in the same bed. All in and that they, same bed. And they don't seem very them, mobile. And tell, and tell them, we can afford a second bed now. <laughs> we got one division. <laughs> we solved a lot of the marketing problems tonight. They really Call need to consult us <laughs> on these things because uh, we have much better ideas. Uh, but yeah, that that box thing was super strange. But now I'm really curious, and I didn't even really like. I don't. I don't think I finished Wandavision, so I'm not a, like a fan of it. But I'm I'm kind of curious. <laughs> it sparks my interest. Uh, right? So so there is that. So hopefully the Flash will actually be in a box set for us to uh, pull out and pop into Blu-ray players. 
Well, the next bit of news that we have, according to IGN, DC has revealed its next two direct-to-video animated movies, and they're both based on two of the most iconic graphic novels of the 1980s. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and Watchmen will receive animated adaptations in 2024. So that's coming up. I guess they're already cool. I hope. Uh, DC initially released a logo for Crisis on Infinite Earths online. I saw it in a tweet. I retweeted it. I shared it on Facebook. Uh, but that tweet and the Facebook post seems to be deleted for some reason. So I don't know if they were a lot of mysteries happening right now. <laughs> so, so I assume this is still happening. People wrote articles about it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it, it it was announced and then uh, removed. Uh, but maybe <laughs> but maybe next year we'll be able to see Supergirl in the Crisis on Infinite Earths animated movie. Uh, in which she dies a very heroic mm. death, saving Superman. <laughs> Swap, womp. It's like, hey, did you see The Flash and you thought to yourself, I wish I could see Supergirl die again? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a movie for you. <laughs> Why do they only release things where she's dying? Uh, I have a bone to pick with everyone. It's becoming a trend and I'm not very <laughs> happy about it. Uh, so uh, we'll keep our eyes on that to see if it actually happens because uh, uh, that tweet going away it was very strange to me but uh hopefully that is still in the works uh so it looks like uh, mind the gap says in the chat crisis and watchmen were rumored to be multi-parts personally i like final crisis more than crisis on infinite earths and uh my screen name is a reference to that oh interesting yeah uh okay yeah. so there could be like a crisis on infinite earths part one and part two that's oh. a lot I mean, I guess you kind of, I mean, it sort of makes sense because Crisis on Infinite Earths, I don't know kind if you've ever... It's a big story, right? It's a big story. I don't know if you've ever actually read the uh, the comic version, but it's very big no. and very dense. And uh, it was one of the first things I started reading when I was a comic book reader. And oh, now wow. I, you just like right into the deep end. Now now that I look back at it, I'm like, why, why, why did I do that to myself? But it taught me a lot about all the characters in DC Comics. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that would make sense if you sort of stretched it out into multi-parts so i'm interested in that uh so we'll we'll keep our eye on that all right so i think that's going to do it for our news section so let's get to discussing the third episode of the animated tv series my adventures with superman with the episode uh the third episode titled my interview with superman the episode description from max reads quote lois wants to interview superman for the daily planet and clark must figure out how to help her while protecting his identity unquote So this interview, uh, this episode is titled My Interview with Superman. So Morgan, what did you think about Lois's interview with Superman? I thought she did a great job. She asked about three questions. She got like one to two quotes that she can like use to, to like, pa- like she'll put the padding around the quotes. It's like, I'm, I'm here to help. And she'll just like have to write like graph after graph to kind of set that quote up. Um, was it substantial? No. Did he answer any of her questions? Not really. He answered, he answered those questions in the way of like a seasoned politician where like when he flies away, you go, wait. His answer was just like nothing, wasn't it? <laughs> Did I get anything here? 
did I not get anything at all here? But listen, she's got like one or two quotes that are usable. And for that, we should applaud her. I love that every <laughs> one of his answers was like, I don't know myself. I'm just figuring it out. And like, no follow-up questions like, hey, if you don't know all of your powers, do you think that could be like dangerous for the people of Metropolis? <laughs> That's a great question. Feels like a good follow-up. He, he would just be like, I'm just here to help. Off I go. Uh, <laughs> I do appreciate that like uh, it seems like Superman, despite like still not knowing all of his powers, has had like media training and is like really good at deflecting. Good job, Clark. <laughs> well done. Yeah, he, uh, she asks him uh, four questions. The first one is, "Where do you come from?" And he says he doesn't know. Doesn't then she know. then she asks, uh, "How does your how do your powers work?" And he's like, "Still figuring it out." And then not, she not quite sure. <laughs> and then she asks him the the question everybody keeps asking him: "Who are you?" <laughs> and he doesn't really know. He's still working on that. He doesn't, he's still not quite sure. He doesn't, we, we we still need to figure it out. We're three episodes in. He doesn't really know. He looks uh, at himself in the mirror every morning and he goes, Clark, who are you? <laughs> uh, but he, he hasn't gotten the answer yet. That's no. going to be like the season finale. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Are we going to have to drag this out for six to ten episodes? <laughs> I'm dragging it out, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we maybe need to start like a who who are who you are like you a count. counter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> she also asks him, what are you? Which I thought Ooh, was an interesting question. That's a variation. I mean, obviously, Jimmy knows. Flamebird knows. He's an alien. Why doesn't anybody... Uh, by the way, the uh, one of the things that made me laugh the hardest in this episode was that every time he mentioned the name of his YouTube channel, it went, come on! Yes. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things about this show so far. I love, I love this version of Jimmy Olsen. So this much. version of Jimmy, I, like the first two episodes, I thought he was a little much. This episode, I like fully came back around on Jimmy. I, was like, I love it. I love the bird sound in the background every time he mentions his channel. I love how hyped he was to get to seven subscribers. <laughs> he, he, he was like, "It's going to be a seven follower day." day. I can feel that it. was that was like my that's kind of like my quote of the month. <laughs> <laughs> it's what oh it's like to gosh. work in social media. I'm oh. like, it's got to be a seven follower day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Jimmy was uh, pr- probably for me the highlight of this, this episode. Cause um, also I know we're getting on a Jimmy tangent, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, when, and, and we'll talk about the, uh, the scoop troop uh, in a, in a second, but uh, when the uh, other, the daily planet, you know, the real reporters are in their uh, investigative room, uh, Clark and Lois and Jimmy's little room with their murder board. He, he says something <laughs> like, stand back, you monsters. Like Jimmy's like really agitated that they're in there. And when, when they take the murder board out of the room, he's like, he, he said something like, no, not the murder board. Like he's, he's so upset that they've like come into their space. I loved Jimmy in this episode. So good. So good. The Flamebird thing, though. That, that is so funny. That is so good. It's like a caca or whatever it is. Oh, man. <laughs> it's whoever thought of that. Just it's every time he mentions it. <laughs> yes. Too. And sometimes if it's like part of like a bigger discussion, it'll just be like faint in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Like Flamebird and you'll hear caca. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No notes. <laughs> you know, if this show was really smart about it, they would set up a YouTube channel. <gasps> yes, like a, a flame, flame bird. bird. Yes, is there look, is there a YouTube? I channel? No, I'm, gonna look, I'm, I'm looking now. I gotta know. Yeah, YouTube.com flame bird. Does that exist? Let's see, flame. I don't. Bird. I don't think so. Uh, I see that people are ch- are searching for it though. That the the first thing that popped up when I clicked and uh, typed in flame bird was flame bird DC. 
Oh, well, Ooh. well, Flamebird is a character from the comics. Oh, uh, yeah. Super, Supergirl at one point has been That's Flamebird. True. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, YouTube.com slash Flamebird. They need I to mean, make it happen. Come on, guys. Adult what Swim seems doing? like that would be something right up Adult Swim's it alley. It does. Like that, that's like the kind of marketing that they do. Yeah. Uh, I really think. I mean, I would follow that YouTube channel. And I, would, they, and I feel like they could make like the crappiest YouTube videos ever. Just like a picture with like some ominous voiceover. And it would feel correct for the show. <laughs> <laughs> like you could spend like five minutes in in like any video app, like in CapCut. And just like come up with the Flamebird videos. And people would like watch them and go, no, yeah, that seems like what Jimmy would make. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they need to do. That's what I always used to love about 30 Rock. Is that sometimes oh, during, my God, yes. during 30 Rock, they would announce, they would say a, a website URL very like pointedly in the episode and you would go look it up. And there was a website. I remember there was an episode where uh, Tracy yells at dot com and he says, stop showing off dot com. And you would type in <laughs> stop showing off dot com. And it, <laughs> it took you to the 30 Rock website. Uh, so good. So that stuff, uh, I miss that so much. I think they also did that maybe in the original run of Arrested Development. I feel like that also. I think they too. they did do that in the original run of Verus development. I think they did that with like the um the like Franklin comes alive like the, the oh, puppet that he yeah, has the yeah. album. <laughs> I forgot about I Franklin. Think, I think there was like a whole <laughs> like a whole website of like that had like some of the songs on it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't have to rewatch that. I haven't watched that it in show. Forever. The first three seasons of that show are insane. They they are peak a sitcom uh, episodes. So that is hilarious. But yeah. YouTube.com slash Flamebird. I'm waiting on it. I don't think anybody's taken it. So it's just there for the taking. So I, I think they should make that happen. Um, so yeah, so Lois gets this big interview with Superman. I don't know that she's going to be able to use it for much. Uh, but I'm curious if the uh, Scoop Troop of Cat Grant, uh, Steve Lombard, and Arani Troop are going to take her uh, audio and her quotes for I know. themselves. I'm curious how that goes down. Is she actually going to be able to write an article with the bare minimum of the answers that she, that she has? Uh, so Could you imagine she comes into the Daily Planet and she is so proud of herself and she goes, guys, I got it. Guys, I scooped you i have an interview with superman and they're like great we're just gonna like we're gonna take your work like we did before and we're gonna rewrite it but you'll get a story by credit and then they listen to the interview which is two minutes maximum that's <laughs> generous and they're like well i don't know that that qualifies for an interview perhaps i guess questions were asked so technically. <laughs> like could you imagine them being all excited like oh yeah this is gonna be great and then they listen to it and they're like where's where's the rest of it and also, how would she be able to prove that he was actually Superman? Like, what if he? What if she just interviewed some guy on the street and then brought brought the tape back and was like, "Hey, this is oh, Superman." Oh yeah, I know. How, how would she, she be able to prove that that was his voice? Because it, it's weird. Because this show seems to be uh, occurring in like a modern day time frame. So why not just like use your phone to record? Did did she use her phone? It looked like an it, audio recorder. It was at an first. audio recorder, I thought. But maybe it was a phone. I don't know. How to like, go back? I remember that. those audio recorders. Those things were temperamental. Who knows if she even got that interview? <laughs> <laughs> she might have had the wrong setting. Uh, it's it like, oh shoot! Anything. Did I forget to hit record? 
Good thing I remember the whole, all the answers. They were one word <laughs> there were not that many of them. Uh, yeah. So we'll, it, we'll have to see if in the next episode, if she actually gets that interview. Uh, but she does say something, I guess, before we get to the scoop troop at the very end, let's go to the end of the episode. Cause, uh, cause we're sort of talking about Lois, Lois uh, and Clark are talking. Clark's like, what did you think about Superman? And uh, sh she turns to the camera and says, that she thinks that Superman is lying about his answers. In the oh interview. yeah. What did you think about that Morgan? That was such a twist at the end. Yeah. was going to be like so excited that she got this wonderful <laughs> Oprah-esque interview. Award winning. Let's say award winning. Let's say Pulitzer award winning interview. <laughs> she got at least one quote for that thing. And, uh, and when she said like, I think he's a liar. I went, <gasps> I know. Gasp. Out loud. Uh, I just wasn't expecting it. And then I was like, what did she think he was lying about? Like, she asked him, like, where do you come from? And, like, what are your powers? And he was like, oh. Like, <laughs> I feel like if you were lying, would you come up with, like, a better answer than, I'm not sure? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess she thought he was being cagey about where he came from. I, I That's all I can assume. He seemed like he was being cagey, but he truly just doesn't know he's anything. He's just ignorant about everything who, about himself. He's like, who am I? I'm asking you legitimately. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who do you think I am? Who do you, like, if let's workshop this together. I'm open, I'm open to whatever you're going to come up with. <laughs> yeah, that who I am I thing is starting to get on my nerves. It was kind of cool at first but this is the third episode uh, uh, third episode in a row that they've been carrying this out so I hope he finds out soon, sooner rather than later <laughs> um, so the Daily Planet staff we get to meet Cat Grant Steve Lombard, Ronnie Troop what did you think about them? Uh, I liked the their introductions it was very it very much reminded me of like I don't know if you ever watched Pokemon. I don't know if that was like just a just a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a, an an expert. Neither am I. I watched like a little bit of like the first the first Pokemon that came out. There are Pokemon that I've never dreamed of uh, <laughs> that people know of, but it reminded me of like the two villains in Pokemon. Oh yeah, uh, and how they were Rocket, Rocket, the, something, Team Rocket, Team Rocket, and how yeah. they were always like posing as they did things. <laughs> it was like I because uh, I think it's easy sometimes to like watch it and go like oh yeah like it's anime inspired and like the you know the um the animation style is is beautiful and looks very anime-esque but like you know sometimes you're just like okay uh but that the theme song uh, i lost it at the theme song because i hadn't seen it before because i don't think it played in episode one or two um it or either, or it maybe I didn't. Have. Maybe I didn't pay attention to it. I think you might have hit that skip intro, but I, I think I act. I probably accidentally. <laughs> I, I always, I'm always mad. I'm like, if I like the intro, I want to watch it. Stop making me skip. Uh, but I, I, I watched it on this one. I was lucky enough to not have accidentally hit the button, and uh, it was so anime. I was yeah. dying. Everybody like looking dramatically off into the distance, <laughs> and then like kind of like. Mm like kind of squinting <laughs> angrily like oh they mean business uh and then this was another case where it was like incredibly anime where they're all doing like little poses and they're all explaining themselves to the to the <laughs> audience and i was like oh man this takes me back <laughs> yeah, i yeah i've watched very little anime but i recognize that as very anime-esque sequence um 
So, uh, so Perry assigns this group that uh, Lois nick- nicknames the Scoop Troop uh, to the Superman beat. So they are on top of it. So Lois is now kind of having to compete with them over the Superman stuff. Cat Grant says that she is gossip and human interest, uh, which I thought was a great way to put that. Uh, human interest uh, in association with gossip. Uh, Steve Lombard introduces himself as the sports reporter, the award-winning journalism. Uh, so I guess he's an award-winning uh, journalist, Steve Lombard. That surprised me. Good for uh, Steve. He also says that he has people-pleasing good looks. So I'm glad he's really <laughs> keeping it humble about that. And Ronnie Troop uh, says she, she is an investigative journalist. And what's interesting about Ronnie Troop, I was surprised that Ronnie Troop uh, was not a dude because normally he's a dude in the comics. His name is Ron Ronald Ron Troop. So here it looked like uh, she, uh, it was a she. Uh, So that was interesting. That was a different take on that. But I I liked, I liked Ronnie because Ronnie uh, saw what Kat and Steve were doing was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not participating in this nonsense. <laughs> and they were like, you have to, it's in the anime, like clause, like it's it. you have to introduce yourself. And she was just like, fine, this is what I am. She did have the spotlight come on her, but she <laughs> was not, she was like trying to get out of the spotlight. I, I thought that was really funny that you have like two of like, essentially like going full, like team rocket. And then you have, just have like one normal person who's like, hi, my name's Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Does not want to participate <laughs> so in funny. it. Um, but yeah, so these are the uh, Daily Planet staffers. So I'm glad to get these uh, characters officially introduced because uh, we had heard a little bit about them, but now we get to see them. So Cat Grant was her Cat Grant self. So I was glad to see that. So another uh, connection to the Supergirl TV series. So there's there's a couple of things in here and we'll get to another character who showed up uh, from uh, the Supergirl TV series into this show uh, but uh, so closing thoughts on the Daily Planet staff. Do you have any other thoughts about these characters? I was excited to see Cat Grant. I was like, here we go. Like, I love I love how much the show loves to use characters that were in Supergirl, the TV show. <laughs> uh, we'll get to more of them later. But I was like, OK, st- continuing to stay legendary. Here we have Cat Grant. Uh, I just I really want more of her i think she she had such a fun attitude and i think cat grant in particular really like the character really lends itself to like an anime kind of style yeah. of, of uh you know kind of over the topness uh so i'm really excited to see what the, where they're going to go with cat as the season goes on yeah she is very theatrical for sure um the only other thing i'll say about the daily planet staff is that uh, Lois takes their badges. So she takes Kat's badge, badge. She takes Steve's and Ronnie's badges for Clark and Lois and Jimmy to use. And I was like, but don't they have their pictures on it? Yeah. That I okay. about her plan to do that. Because that drove me crazy. I was like, I mean, their pictures are clearly on it. And none of them look anything like <laughs> anything at all like the like the actual people so how is there how are they not getting like there are so many reasons that the like the prison guards would be like wait a minute but like 
the fact that they just went in there with fake IDs that are like very obviously fake. It was like <laughs> it was like McLovin levels. I was like, aren't they're not going to get caught for this? If the security didn't check the IDs the to security, be like, wait, wait you know, is bad. <laughs> yeah, you don't look like this person. Are you sure you're that person? Kind of understanding how people broke out now. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Security is pretty lax at Strikers Island, so that's uh, unfortunate. Speaking of Strikers Island, I guess we could get to another. Another character that featured prominently in season one of the Supergirl TV series, uh, Siobhan, a.k.a. Silver Banshee. Here she is, uh, Siobhan McDougal. And I'm actually uh, I'm having to go back in to uh, my notes here. I cannot remember now if she is officially uh, McDougal in the comics or not. Yep. So I think that's the comic accurate name, Siobhan McDougal. So here on my Adventures with Superman, that is the correct comic book ah. version of the name on the Supergirl TV series. On the uh, Supergirl, uh, Supergirl TV series, uh, <laughs> she was uh, Siobhan Smythe. So different, right. yeah. different take there. Um, but uh, she has a brother named Kyle who goes by Mist. And in the New 52 run of Supergirl, Supergirl actually has, I think it's volume three, has a lot of interactions with uh, Silver Banshee. And my personal take on that is it's actually the best part of the New 52. because uh, <laughs> She becomes friends with Silver Banshee and she gets to know uh, Siobhan's brother and I can't yeah. remember now. I think Supergirl has like a little crush on him. I cannot. Ooh, I cannot remember. I cannot remember if that's true or not. That might be leaving my brain, but that's sort of what I remember. <laughs> but, uh, but so Siobhan does have a brother in the comics. So that uh, was surprisingly accurate to me uh, on the show. So I guess Morgan, what did you think about this version of Silver Banshee? Yeah, I thought she was fun. I was really excited to see her because obviously we love Silver Banshee here in this house. Uh, <laughs> we, we love that she's so unpleasant that she can't ever, you know, like, it, but it's a family trait. So like, you can't, you can't be too mad, right? Yeah, it's it's like, just part of her genetics. It's part of her inheritance. It's like, <laughs> that's why no one likes you. Um, <laughs> just one of the most crushing lines I've ever seen delivered on any media. <laughs> it's like, it's genetic. Sorry. That's why no one likes you. So, like, I don't know, people like me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this version was, I feel like, a little bit more likable, which is strange because she just spent the whole time like robbing banks. Uh, I did, I did appreciate um, that. You know, she's not quite there as a bank robber, right? She's early in her journey. Uh, she hasn't girl bossed her way into being like the ultimate bank robber yet, so she's kind of bad at it. I thought that that was actually pretty endearing for a villain. <laughs> Every time that they tried to rob something, they would just be like, "Siobhan, oh crap." Uh, I <laughs> that I thought was one of my favorite running jokes is that they just kept on saying each other's names like very publicly <laughs> and loudly. She, she also didn't know there's a security camera in one of the, that seems the like a, locations. That seems like a pretty big miss, to be honest. <laughs> like she's not, you know, she's not everything she could be. She's not living <laughs> up there full potential. She's not really doing her research. Uh, she's She hasn't gotten her people into line. Like, we're doing our code names. Um, but I was interested in her silver banshee powers in this one because it seems like it comes from, like, a mask I think she has them normally, but her brother, when he gives her the mask, says that it amplifies sound. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if she 
like already had the powers but in the mask like made it bigger or if she's like when she screamed through the mask it became the silver banshee scream so i guess it's either one of those options i sort of read it as she already had the powers it just made her stronger but you bring up a good point yeah. it could have been that like the mask gave her the powers yeah, I wasn't really sure. And like, I think one of my like small critiques so far of this show that I've been like really enjoying is that I feel like they're not very specific with like the villains. Like I, I wasn't 100% sure how I had like some questions about like how Livewire's powers worked and things like that. It feels like we're kind of, I mean, it is very animated, like just in, introduce a villain and then just like, he, that's the villain of the episode. And they're going to like solve this problem in 22 minutes. Only so much you can do, but I would have liked to get a little bit more backstory on Silver Banshee. Like what's her deal in this version? Yeah. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, Siobhan was in Strikers Island and was just there. She wasn't trying to escape or anything. It, I would think that if she did have her silver banshee powers, yeah, she could I would just think like that's... scream and get out of like would her scream be powerful enough to break the jail the jail that, cell? Yeah, I that's what I would think is that like she if she had the powers, she would be in some sort of higher security, like I don't want to say metahuman, but you know, like some jail to you know, keep people with powers in. Instead, she just kind of looked like she was at a regular jail. So I was like, is the mask giving her the powers? And if that's the case, like that's definitely not as fun, uh, I think, as some of her other backstories. But yeah, I, I kind of like this like Gaelic curse that she has attached to her. I've always thought that was a really interesting character trait uh, for a villain. Uh, but it seems like, I guess, now that we're thinking about it this way, because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because I totally had not thought about it in those terms, but Livewire gave this crew, who called themselves Intergang, which I thought was interesting, um, uh, Siobhan, Kyle, or AKA Mist, and then Albert, <laughs> who goes by Roughhouse. They all <laughs> yeah. have They all have technical... Uh, like weapons they don't have powers they just have these this technology that allows them to do uh powerful things and even mind the gap uh says in the chat uh, not a fan of all the villains being technological and my only real problem with this show so that would make sense that siobhan's powers come from the technology because that seems to be the way the other two characters had their powers and Electro WWF also has uh, everybody has thoughts about this uh, this uh, electrical power uh, technical power thing. Uh, Electro says it seems like the villains' powers are tech based, but in the cases where they merge with the tech, the power becomes organic. Interesting. Thought. Interesting. Yeah, I wish we had like a little bit more clarity around like the villains and like the powers, and also just kind of the world in general. Like it seems like are there other aliens in this world are there other super people with powers or is that like completely out of the ordinary and do, weird do they know who they are do they know who they are <laughs> that is a great question that i would like a little bit of more clarity from the show it feels <laughs> it feels a little bit to me like early in season two of supergirl where you were like wait a minute the aliens have always been around. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I just need, I just want the show to like set up the world for me. And then I don't mind. I will suspend my disbelief all day. Um, I like, I don't care, but like, just, you have to tell me the parameters of which we're like operating here. 
Yeah. Uh, so I guess for right now, it seems like all of these villains just have the uh, weaponry that Livewire provided them with. And uh, I guess in in keeping with the uh, sort of weaponry aspect of it and, and robots and tech. So uh, I guess we'll talk first about the the plan that the inner gang has that sort of goes awry pretty badly. And then I would also like to hear your thoughts on the vision that Superman sees. So, uh, which is sort of tied into that. So I guess we'll handle the first part first. Uh, so the, uh, the plan to freeze everyone in the bank so that they could rob it. Your thoughts? I mean, not a great plan. Um, did they figure out how they were going to fall. Like, did they know that the people were going to fall out? Um, or was that just like not caring whether or not they were going to freeze some people to death? That's like a kind of a first question. Cause they didn't <laughs> seem particularly vicious to me. Uh, and I feel like you'd have to be pretty like, pretty stone hearted to be like pretty heartless yeah all these people are gonna have to get it go to the old (laughs) the old iceberg in the sky (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um but yeah i thought that the i mean i guess as a villain plan it wasn't terrible i did have a question about so they had like the ice gun was that supposed to be like a captain cold thing I would be curious if they bring Captain Cold into it. Uh, it definitely sort of had that vibe. Right? Um, yeah. I was like, I spent, again, I spent like a lot of time going like, am I, like, is it supposed to be like a Captain Cold thing? Like, it's a it's a, a, a freeze gun. So that's where my mind goes automatically. Uh, but it didn't, like, the name was wrong. Like, and obviously it was like her brother. So I was like, well, that doesn't feel right. But yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I don't know if they're setting something up uh, for that, but it did. It wasn't necessarily a gun. It was this big machine. So maybe they'll eventually get to a uh, Captain Cold uh, sort of freeze ray gun thing. My problem with their plan is if you're going to, again, these are not smart criminals. (laughs) They have not uh, done things well in the past. So why why would they succeed in this? Hairbrain scheme, uh, but they did not test their equipment. They they <laughs> used they used it once, and they had a they had a glitch with it. They had an issue; it didn't turn off, and they had to like hit it a pretty uh, with a, a pretty big amount of force to make it go off. That should have been a first cause of concern to make sure that the equipment was working before they went to rob a bank and attempted to freeze everyone because eventually when they did uh, execute their plan, they couldn't turn it off again. And that just seemed like they're not, they're not doing their pre-work to get there. They should have been much more confident about their technology before they, they got into the bank. Yeah, they didn't really do their homework or their research, I think, on this one. Um, I I will say, okay, there is some defense uh, of them because I said it would be pretty cold hearted if they thought that like they were all going to kill everybody with the ice. Uh, But Electra WWF says their fish was frozen, then was okay afterwards. So I think that they extrapolated out that like if the fish was okay. (laughs) Then we're gonna. Then people will be okay. <laughs> I I forgot that scene. True. I 
I'm I'm sorry to intergang. <laughs> <laughs> That's very very true. Uh, it didn't really cause that much harm. And to Electra's point, uh, that maybe the ice machine was not related to Captain Cold. It might have just been a plot device to cause Clark to use his heat vision because something needed to be cold in the episode in order for his heat vision to kick. That's a good point. It's funny, early in the episode when he's kind of like having the weird thing with his eye and like stumbles into Lois, I honestly thought it was going to be like the x-ray vision that we were going to do. Oh, no. That would have been a bad time for Uh (laughs) x-ray. And then like when when it was like, you know, all the ice stuff, I was like, oh, I I guess it's heat vision today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Conveniently. (laughs) Could you imagine if he was like, I've discovered x-ray vision (laughs) (laughs) well actually in the olden times of dc comics x-ray vision was sort of used as heat vision before they had heat vision yeah it's it's very weird i think that's in the silver age kind of early silver age the uh whenever they first introduced supervision it was x-ray vision and they sort of used it like heat vision weird It, it is weird it is weird to read that um so uh, just uh, go read old comics. They're excellent and full of history. <laughs> um, so what did you think about him developing heat vision? Is it weird to you as a viewer that he's uh, figuring out? Because it's a different take that he's figuring out his powers after he becomes Superman. That's that's not typical of Superman stories. Yeah, it is honestly like a little bit weird that he's Superman, but he's sort of de- de- you know, discovering things as he goes along. It does, like, I hate to keep mentioning Supergirl, but we're a Supergirl podcast. It does <laughs> okay. kind of, it if does you, kind can, of if you me. can't mention Supergirl on a Supergirl podcast, where can you mention If not Supergirl? here, where? Um, <laughs> but it does kind of remind me, like, the early episodes of Supergirl where she was like, I'll help, and then she, like, explodes, uh, like, a ship or something by accident. And she's like, whoops. But at least she knew what all of her powers were. Like, it just, I this is such a different take on the character where, like, he had like a scary like uh situation as a, a kid and like dr- like ghost drill like <laughs> sc- like scared him like traumatized him so much he was like no more figuring out of powers anymore <laughs> uh like even even clark on smallville like though he never figured out flight uh because he didn't want those flights or tights uh, he, he did at the very end at the very end but not yeah. before that they when he absolutely had that to. yeah <laughs> but like even he like figured out most of his other powers is sort of he went along uh so yeah it's kind of weird to to be this the, at this point in a superman story where he is like wearing the costume and saving people and fighting villains and he doesn't know he has heat vision. I just, I mean, and I kind of like that because honestly, we've seen so much of the other version that this is kind of interesting. It's like, you know, there's a different, there's a couple different ways that this is a different take on the character. And this is just one of them, but it is weird to be at this point in his like story and him not know that like he has heat vision. Yeah. I've been trying to keep up with it. So he obviously can fly. He's, it seems invulnerable, invulnerable. He's got super strength. He's got heat vision now. Does he have super hearing? It looked like he had x-ray vision. I, I don't. Yeah. Has he used the super hearing though? I don't think so. I feel like I feel like given this episode with the heat vision, like there's going to be like a whole episode uh, devoted to his super hearing. I mean, I guess in some ways, like I was just saying that like Clark on Smallville um, discovered his powers, but he had like there were 
there was the episode where he figured out heat vision. There was the episode right. where he, he did, where went down where they're like, no, the way that we're going to visually represent super hearing, we're going to look inside of his ear. <laughs> we're just going like, to go all the way no, in. No one wants that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they represented a little bit better in this animated show. And now I will defend, and this is <laughs> weird coming out of my mouth. I will defend Smallville's uh, version yeah. of, <laughs> of uh, the super hearing. Cause I really, like that episode because there's that really great scene where uh i think the episode is titled whisper yes um the uh the scene with uh martha and jonathan with clark in the in the barn and they they're testing his super hearing and they're like whispering to him to see if he can hear it ah that was when smallville was good it that was like like season one season two somewhere (sighs) in in that realm It, it was early smallville yeah because so, I think I think by like season two or season three, he had discovered like most of his powers at that point. Uh, Rachel in the chat asks, "Have we used? Have we seen him use super speed?" Yes, I think so because he's been able. He's so. He's yeah, been able yeah. to. Tra- he, he's he's transitioned from Superman to Clark Kent at various speeds. He's also super sped into his apartment to change really quickly. So I think he has used. Yeah, in super speed. in this episode, after the uh, the really epic interview, uh, when he flies away, he then sh- comes right back in as Clark. Yeah. Like and he uh, he, he messes roof. up his hair, so it looks like he was running. Yeah. He's out of breath. He also sounded like Christopher Reeve at that point because when he said Lois. It sort of sounded like Christopher Reeve saying Lois, which I oh, thought, really? I, I don't know if that was intentional or if it just happened to be the way he said it. I, I thought that was interesting. It just kind of sounded like that. Um, Rachel also asked, has he used x-ray vision? It sort of looked like x-ray vision in this episode where he was x-raying a door or something on the floor. I think when they were in the prison looking around the cell, oh. somebody can fact check me on that, but it looked like x-ray vision there. Uh, let's see. I don't know that we have, have we seen him use, uh, super breath? I don't think so. I don't think so. That um, feels like one that they would like, ha- if they're going to do whole episodes about him discovering powers, this freeze breath feels like it. it's a pretty easy send up for a, a power discovery episode. Yeah. Also, uh, if this show wanted to be really different, the superpower they should use and introduce is super ventriloquism. Why? Do, why do none of the different nobody does it of Superman ever include that? It's the most helpful skill. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> Superman and Supergirl have the ability to throw their voices. I don't know why you would want to do that, but it it's seems so like it could come into play at some point. I just think that would be really fun if they wanted to really, because this show seems like it wants to dig into the comic book mythology. Um, that would be a cool superpower to see actually uh, be uh, portrayed. Uh, let's see. I think uh, Electra says, I think he was able to out, uh, see outside the bank when he was fighting the bad guys inside. So I think we we haven't, I don't think we've seen super hearing or super breath. So we'll have to look and see if he is going to be developing those in the future. Uh, okay. Well, is there anything else that we need to talk about in regards to this episode? Morgan, or do you have any other thoughts you wanted to share? I don't think so. I like that. That I mean, they left it on the cliffhanger. So now I'm like, oh my god, what what is going to happen? Is like, 
is what's Lois going to do? I want I want the next episode. So I, I actually like that the little twist that they had at the end kept me like, kept me wanting to come back for more. Good job show. I want to know if Jimmy got the seven, seven followers. Did he I want that seventh follower? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> is Flame Bird taken off? <laughs> you know what? Maybe we should uh, have a sound effect for that. <gasps> yes, I think I can do that. I think really? I can. I think I can add an audio f- uh, file into oh. Streamyard. <laughs> so maybe we could just plug Flame Bird every now and then in the discussions, and we'd have to like play it <laughs> just very gently in the back. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that. How does, uh, how does StreamYard not have this functionality? Yet? It have, should be built in. They have in. a variety of cool, funky music. But <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, no soundboard. <laughs> we will have to work on the flame bird. Kaka! Uh, so we'll have to see if we can find it. I don't know, Electro WWF, if we could actually play the sound effect uh, from yeah. the show i mean we it's, can, it's very short so we could probably get away with it but we probably don't want to walk that line <laughs> i'll try to see if i can find a royalty free uh, <laughs> hawk sound or something we'll have to figure out what kind of bird that is <laughs> i mean if it, if it comes to it we could just record one ourselves oh yeah we, we oh. could <laughs> that would actually be way better <laughs> I'll just I'll just take something from this episode. <laughs> uh, I see a question from Rachel in the chat who says, do we think this Siobhan and Livewire are going to meet or team up? I sure hope so. Uh, that would be amazing. Listen, uh, I hope they give each other makeovers <laughs> and team up as God intended. <laughs> there is precedent for it. So I think that would be amazing. So... We'll see if that happens because they are connected through that technology. So Livewire kind of disappeared because I think she got taken in by Amanda Waller and Deathstroke, who showed up at the end of this episode. Yeah. By the way, we didn't mention that. It looked like Slade Wilson had gone undercover as like a, a, a first responder and went into the bank. And I guess he's maybe recruiting the inner gang characters Uh-oh. to be part of the Suicide Squad, maybe, I guess. Uh, so uh, there's a, a long... Uh, a slow burn story with a death stroke, it seems, on this show. So we'll see, have to see if we find out uh, anything else about what he's up to. <laughs> but yeah, I am. Uh, I'm liking my adventures with Superman so far. Uh, my my own uh, my only real critique is the writing. Some of the writing, I think, has <laughs> uh, tended to uh, be a little bit repetitive, uh, especially in the um, instances where. Clark is asking something about who am I? And somebody runs in and says Clark or Superman and, and responds with an answer to that question. It was cute the first time, the second, third time it, it's getting a little old now. So I wish the writing was a little bit stronger, but the, uh, the visuals and the uh, interpretation of the characters and the stories are pretty good. So uh, I am still enjoying it for the most part. So I'm excited to see the next episode and see if uh, Lois gets her her interview published. I'll be waiting on ba- uh, with bated breath to see if if she doesn't get it stolen. <laughs> Does she get it this time? Do they let her have it? Um, okay. Well, uh, I think uh, we should maybe get to some feedback because we actually have some feedback this week. Yeah. Uh, So Mark sent us an email writing, 
I probably would have written sooner, but I listened to the entirety of your episode 400 and it's taken me a while to catch up on everything it's, else. It's a long episode. Listen, that's uh, my fault. It's, it's, it's an epic length episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy. Uh, I do want to say I was surprised and flattered that you effectively gave me the last word on that episode by closing with my intensely adequate comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of our favorites, Mark. Listen, so it's a good if, one. If we had packaging, it would be on the box. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it would be the it would be the uh, pull quote. The on pull the quote. Box. Yeah, uh, that was a big surprise, and now I'm going to give you an upgrade. What's the superlative of mid? <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Always keeping us humble. <laughs> we gotta stay hungry on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Mark goes on to say, on the topic of your episode count, a few years ago on the DC community, I asked the question, uh, how many total episodes of Supergirl comics had there been? And he, uh, Valiant uh, Sword that he is, came up with the answer that as of the end of Rebirth, there had been 269 total DC Comics issues of series titled simply Supergirl, not counting her run as the lead in Adventure Comics. So... At this point, there is a lot more Supergirl radio than there is of canon Supergirl in we, the comics. We could do this podcast forever and ever. Listen, it's it's listen. unending. We won't be stopped and we can't be stopped. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's so much Supergirl that we haven't even touched yet. <laughs> that is a promise and a threat to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, I think uh, this is uh, maybe a controversial thought, but I think Adventure Comics should be included in that count. Yeah. Supergirl, Supergirl was a, a big deal in adventure comics they gave her basically her own line of adventure comics so did they really uh, yeah it's it starts out as like adventure comics and then it becomes like supergirl and then like there's adventure comics kind of tied into it and those are some of my favorite supergirl comics that's like the 70s 80s era i oh, love wow. the, those are i mean the sterling gates run is pretty great and woman of tomorrow is excellent it's it's just uh, chef's, chef's kiss, kiss. <laughs> a plus, but the adventure comics are the ones that I go back and reread. Cause I think it's just so interesting. Cause it takes, so Supergirl is sort of learning how things go with her powers and who people are in the silver age. And then in the seventies, she goes to college and she starts, you know, being her own hero and she sort of grows up a little bit. And that's such an interesting era of Supergirl. So if you haven't read the Supergirl adventure comics, uh, go go read them because they're they're just a lot of them are uh, one off stories where like she's chasing down a haunted house or like she's helping one of the football what? players at the college she's going to like it, it's just they, they're all really like um they're adventure stories they're adventure comics ooh they're well, comics that have exciting. adventure. Well, I know that we have plans to read a bunch of the comics uh, as we go along. So yes, I'm excited for whenever we get to there whenever we decide to do some of those oh we will have to go through the run of adventure comics because it is, it is good stuff nice uh mark says regarding the flash movie which i really enjoyed something occurred to me about the cameos at the end with the exceptions of nick cage who probably worked at union scale just for the chance to be superman in a movie for 45 seconds he named his son kal-el after all uh what he, did he really name his son Kal-El? Did you not know that? Yeah, his son is Kal-El. No, that's not that's not a person's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Henry Cavill named his dog Kal-El. 
No, that's a that's a dog name. Ni- yeah. And Nicolas Cage named his kid Kellen. Wow, he was really he really likes Superman. Really committed I'm, to it. I'm glad he finally got a chance to do it, even though he was sort of uncanny valleyed in, in the final <laughs> product. But listen, Nick Cage, you made it. <laughs> you did it. Uh, Mark goes on to say, um, and the the special effects guy who appeared as Jay Garrick and Helen Slater, all the other cameos had one thing in common. Those people are all dead. My hunch is using dead CGI actors is really cheap compared to bringing in Grant Gustin for a scene. And we all know where WB is with finances these days. They're not great. They have not, not had a lot of wins. Um, my question about that is, this is something I don't know. So I'm just speaking out of ignorance and, and curious uh, curiosity is, uh, if you did use a dead character or a dead person, a dead actor in a scene, would you have to, I was, I would assume you'd have to get that okayed by the family, by the estate to use their likeness. I, you know, would you I, then have to pay a royalty fee to use their likeness? Is that something that they're arguing in this actor strike? That yeah, they're doing? that's actually, it's it, it that this really dovetails really well with like what's happening with the, the SAG after strike, because I don't, I mean, I feel like they would probably have to have to get some kind of clearance from the estate, right? Before you, can't, you can't just use it. The likeness of yeah. a, yeah, of, you know, an actor who's passed. But this is one of the things that they are striking about for the, the, the Screen Actors Guild is that um, these studios were starting to, like, full body scan actors for different things, especially as more movies have, like, substantial CGI and effects. And they were starting to, like, sneak things into contracts that were like, we can use your full body scan in perpetuity. Right. And people are like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so you can just like put me in a movie that I never agreed to be in. Just yeah. like deep fake me on like somebody's uh, body. That's weird. I don't want that. That's so scary. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you, have you watched any Black Mirror, uh, Rebecca? I have not. That seems something that like that would freak me out. So, so there is an episode in the newest um, season of Black Black Mirror, uh, which I think is like season six. It's the first episode. It's called Joan is Awful. It's not that bad. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> it's not that bad in terms of like some of the episodes in Black Mirror are like deeply disturbing. And I would not suggest just to like a, a random person to check those out. <laughs> but this one is like Mike liked it. And he usually goes, I don't want to watch Black Mirror with you. Yeah, but Mike <laughs> has a higher tolerance for horror. That's true. You, you, uh, I've worn him down <laughs> over time. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've destroyed him. But <laughs> but he was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. But basically, like the, the premise is that they're using this woman's likeness in like a TV show and basically like tr- making a TV out- show out of her life. And then it goes like more and more and like, and like everybody is watching it on Netflix, which in the show they call Streamberry, but is very clearly Netflix. Streamberry. And, and uh, it, it kind of, it's, it's so funny. Cause like when all the SAG strikes stuff came up, it's like, Oh my God, like at, the joke has always been that like black mirror is like a couple years away from like what actually happens to us in reality. And it's like, Oh my God, there, their black mirror goes again. Like uh, essentially like thinking of this thing that's going to happen. I think 30 rock was ahead of the curve and 30 rock season two, the first episode, that's it's true. called Seinfeld vision. <gasps> that's right. <laughs> I forgot about Seinfeld vision. <laughs> and Jack Donaghy wants to put Jerry Seinfeld in a bunch of his shows. <laughs> and and Seinfeld goes to his office and he's like, uh, I think uh, 
Jack asks him, like, uh, which shows do you want to be in? And, and Jerry goes, he, he's saying this to an NBC executive. He says, I like Lost. Do you guys have that? <laughs> <laughs> which, I of course, many... if you know, Lost was on ABC, not NBC. So uh, I loved how that's many one of my Lost favorite episodes. jokes there were in, uh, in 30 Rock. It was really so funny. Yes, uh, for a Lost fan, 30 Rock is a great place to find humor. So, <laughs> yeah. I see that, like, Mind the Gap has waited and said, uh, Dr. Sleep recast actors instead of deep faking actors from The Shining. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you instead of, like, using people's faces and stuff like that without the actual performance, yeah, just cast somebody. But... Yeah, I, I think, I wonder if it is, che- I mean, it probably honestly is than paying, like, an actor to do work. It probably is cheaper to, like, g- like get permission from an actor's estate or pay some amount of money to an actor's estate. And it's probably also, like, I hate to say, like, time efficient, but it probably is. It's probably, yeah. like, easier to do, so that means less shooting, which also means cheaper. But, yeah, it's, I mean... Did it look great? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I I don't think it was free. I don't think it was completely cheap, but it was probably cheaper. Uh, But man, I would have loved to see Jerry Seinfeld on on the the island in Lost. I I, got to say, I'm just going to put this out there that it's, we know that Jerry Seinfeld is also a big Superman fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could put him in it. Why hasn't he ever been in a Superman movie? So I feel like that was a missed opportunity to just randomly shove Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Could you imagine at this like deep, powerful moment where suddenly you're getting like a bunch of weird flashes of other (laughs) superheroes and you're like, what's happening here? I didn't ask for this. And then suddenly it's like Jerry who's like, what's the deal with kryptonite? (laughs) (laughs) Would have been amazing. Someone should put him in a Superman thing. Why has he never been? He was in, uh, he had a commercial back uh, probably in the 90s where he was like walking around talking to Superman. Yeah, I remember. I don't think he's ever been a guest in anything. No, it does seem insane to me that he's never been on any like Superman adjacent property, especially because like there were so, so many Superman references in Seinfeld, like the Bizarro version oh, the Bizarro of Jerry, Jerry, or Bizarro, yeah. Jerry, Bizarro, like, you know, Elaine and everything. It's crazy that he's never been in anything. I mean, yeah. if, if anybody knows of something besides that commercial Superman wise that he's been in, definitely like write us and let us know. But I don't, could, I can't think of anything. Could we get him in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow? Could we cast him <laughs> as somebody in Supergirl? <laughs> oh, yes. We should, we should send these suggestions along. <laughs> could he be the voice of Comet the Superhorse? <gasps> <gasps> yes. <laughs> Not that Comet doesn't speak, but maybe the, the movie version does. The movie version could. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Could you imagine the horse being like, what's the deal with oats? <laughs> we've, we've got it. This is going to be amazing. Yes. Somebody please put Jerry Seinfeld in Someone. some sort of Superman story. That is that <laughs> is just ridiculous. For Jerry. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, getting back to Mark's email, which we got far afield from. Uh, Mark says, I'm also enjoying my adventures with Superman. The big words nicknames struck me as something that was a deliberate golden age throwback even if the original newsboy legion didn't have a member with that name it definitely sounds like something that wouldn't have been out of place back then actually hang hang on oh so i just Uh looked up uh big words dc comics 
So uh, according to the DC Fandom Wiki, Big Words is a member of the Newsboy Legion named Anthony Rodriguez, notable for his intelligence and articulation. The original Big Words was active during the Golden Age, although his son Anthony Rodriguez Jr. would later take up the mantle. His compatriots include Gabby Flippadippa, who I need to do research on. I don't know anything about that. (laughs) I I need to find out about Flippadippa. Scrapper and Tommy Tompkins, they have all been involved with Project Cadmus. So Big Words is indeed a character real in the Newsboy Legion. He was created by Joe Simon and Jack uh, Kirby, first appearing in Star Spangled Comics number seven, 1942. Good job, Mark. Good catch. Solved the mystery. Is indeed real. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Mark finishes up saying, finally, I'm wondering what your, th- uh, what your thoughts were on season three of Superman and Lois. It honestly struck me more as this is us with the occasional flying sequence than it did a Superman show. Some of the conversations between Clark and Lois were so deep and so personal, I alternated between being stunned that they were having them on the CW and feeling uncomfortable listening in on them, <laughs> even though I know they're actors and none of it was real, for them anyway. Uh, so especially since Superman and Lois Radio vanished. I'm wondering what you thought and what your feelings were on it. So I am personally behind on Superman and Lois. I have not watched any of season three yet, although I have heard that there are things that would be uh, connective tissue to me personally because of what Lois goes through in uh, the season. So I am looking forward to watching it and I'm going to have to watch it within the next month because I just found out that I was going to be on a panel at Dragon Con discussing season three of Superman and Lois. Uh-oh, so you got to do that homework. <laughs> I've got to do the homework. And I'm just going to watch it anyway, but I'm just really behind on it. Uh, so, Mark, if you want to hear my thoughts, I don't know, we could maybe get Morgan's thoughts. Oh, I have so much point. to catch up on. I've watched <sighs> the pilot. Morgan, I you know. have got to watch... I know Lana. it's on the list. Yes. I really I want to I want to this feels so strange to me as somebody who came up in like the Smallville fandom where like I was so annoyed at Lana all the time but oh man I just want to watch it for Lana. Lana goes on a real journey in season two. And I, <laughs> I really need you to watch it. I'm so uh, excited about it. And I think you would also enjoy the Bizarro, the take on Bizarro world. I think uh, in Lucy Lane is in uh, season two very prominently. So uh, I think he would very much enjoy that. So uh Mark, uh, since Morgan is uh, much more behind than I am, you will be able to hear my thoughts because I plan <laughs> on recording the panel at Dragon Con and releasing it as a Supergirl radio episode. So uh, even awesome. if I don't have my thoughts now, you'll uh, get them early September probably. So uh, be uh, on the lookout for that. And I should also mention, Mind the Gap in the chat says, Flip, who is uh, in uh, My Adventures with Superman, one of the news kids, is basically a female version of Flippa Dippa. So oh, I think I think I think uh, in addition to our Guardian character spotlight, maybe we need to do a Newsboy Legion. I like, mean, specific character spotlight. My arm. <laughs> maybe we need to dig into the actual members of the Newsboy Legion and learn more about them. Uh, and Electra says you guys should do all the super fam shows for DC TV podcast. Well. Uh, that uh, we'll take that as a compliment. Oh, I thank you. I don't know if we have the time for that. 
Maybe not, but uh, <laughs> we'll take it under advisement. <laughs> but I guess if there is a super related something, we'll try to chime in to it uh, at some point. All right. Well, I think now that we've gotten our discussion out of the way and we've also gotten through some listener feedback, maybe we should make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay. Our first snap judgment is from Mark, who says... Eric Wallace said that if he had had a season 10 of The Flash, he was hoping to do Darkest Night. Which is a comic book run. Nice. It's a comic book uh, storyline. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Which of these two characters would you have wanted to see come back as a Black Lantern zombie? Caveat, the other would never return to the Arrowverse. (laughs) Season one, Kelly. uh, Hashtag RIP Kelly. (laughs) Or William. William Day. Uh, Okay, so the snap is that whichever character we pick to return as the Black Lantern zombie, Mm. the other character never comes back to the Arrowverse. Oh, okay. So so if I pick William, that means Kelly can never come back. No more Kelly. Uh, Hmm. This is this is the most obvious answer in the world. It's gonna be. I'm gonna pick Kelly because I want her. Because all right, here's the two back. (laughs) Two two reasons. Not not that I hate on William Day. Fine character. Great baker. Great baker. Crappy uh, uh, babysitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but a fabulous baker. Not a great babysitter. (laughs) Not a great babysitter. Um, But uh, not that I don't like William Day. But in this scenario, I get to bring Kelly back. As a Black Lantern zombie. So she's a zombie. And then also she has the potential to reappear in the Arrowverse. So those are, those are, uh, you know, twice the reason. So I'm going to pick Kelly. This is tough because I feel like there's some fun, like baking related things that could happen with William. I don't know what as zombie, a zombie, what zombie baking is like, but <laughs> it's probably, it's probably it would real, involve brains is the main ingredient. Pro- yeah, it's probably real gross. It's probably like, oh, <laughs> would you like some of my brain pie? <laughs> um, but I mean, the the allure of bringing. I mean, I feel like we only scratched the surface of OG Kelly. Um, so I gotta go with OG Kelly. Also, I feel like William's totally real girlfriend friend who lives in Canada <laughs> has just started to heal from that hurt. And I, I don't want to inflict that upon her. She's she's in Canada. She's very real. And I, I can't do that to her. <laughs> let her live. Just let her live. Uh, yeah, I think um, we had always wanted to see O.G. Kelly in her villain era because I think That's even, true. even Carly Nikanen thought that she could have had the tendency to go to the dark side. So I think seeing her as a black lantern zombie would really check off all those uh, points. It looks like uh, people in the chat have some thoughts. Rachel uh, picks OG Kelly. Electra WWF says, William would be a good black lantern zombie. And uh, Rachel also says, uh, we need the OG Kelly versus Kelly guardian fight. Oh, so uh, Kelly guardian who I, I love that uh, listeners are still calling her Kelly garden. Guardian that's real name, right? Cause that's a, <laughs> that was a mistake in recording <laughs> one time. And, uh, I think that's her sort of canonical name now. Kelly <laughs> <Guardian>. <laughs> so Kelly guardian would hi- have to fight the black that would be amazing. zombie. Like, 
two Kellys enter, one Kelly. <laughs> <leaves>. <laughs> why, why are we not in charge of these stories? Listen, I just, we have so many good ideas. Nobody ever listens to we, us. We have our own writer's room. We do. We it's do. like Supergirl Radio in the chat. We we could come we up. We got this. We got this. Guys, come on. One episode in the future. I don't know when. But we need to have an episode where we just we come up with a story for Supergirl. Supergirl Radio Writer's Room. I love yes, it. Yes, yes. We should do it. I love uh, this. Although we can never probably use it as an actual story because no, DC Comics would probably be like, no, we're not. But like, maybe maybe we could and we could give just everybody who contributes story credit. There you go. Uh, un- unlike uh, unlike the, the leadership at the Daily Planet on My Adventures with Superman, <laughs> we would credit all of you. Yes, we're not going to just take your ideas. So maybe we could. That would be really interesting. Um, I think I told you before about that Dragon Con panel I went to one time where it was um, it was like a creative villain panel. So there Ooh. would be there, there was this artist who was drawing on the screen. Everybody could see it in the room and he'd be like, you know, pitch out, you know, uh, a trait that this character is going to have. And somebody yelled out, he's got a scar. And then somebody <laughs> would be like, OK, so what's this deal? What, what, what does this guy like to do? And somebody's like, he likes to play poker or whatever. And so, like, they would draw him as they're like yelling out things from the crowd they drew this character on the screen. It was awesome. It was so cool. That sounds I, so cool. I cannot do that artistic wise. Maybe we could get an artist to come on and draw us. Uh, like we could create a Supergirl villain. And <gasps> maybe something like that. But, but I mean, we could uh, coax somebody to come on and draw us a Supergirl villain. Um, but uh, that would be a fun uh, thing to do. Because I, I feel like we, we pitch so many things. We should we really do. get those ideas down. <laughs> All right. Our last snap judgment is Siobhan writes down the times 4 a.m., 1 p.m., and 5 p.m. Of those options, which is your favorite time of day? <laughs> <laughs> which, which time of day would you uh, plan a criminal heist. Um, I I don't like 4 a.m. because I don't like getting up early anymore. No, that's tough. 1 p.m. is kind of, I mean, 1 p.m. is sort of close to lunchtime. Yeah. And I like lunchtime. Lunchtime is good. It, it involves a break. But I guess 5 p.m. is like the end of the day. End of the day. Oh, hopefully, down. hopefully you're, you're finished with work and you're not taking it home. Time for crime. All. Yeah, it's time for crime. So I think at 5 p.m. I think would be a good time for me. I think 5 p.m. too. I don't want to have to, like, listen, if it's 4 a.m., I'm probably going to have to stay up until 4 a.m. Because I'm I'm not going to get up at that time. <laughs> so that's gone. So I've just no-showed our criminal enterprise. That's not good. 1 p.m., I might be hungry. <laughs> I might have forgotten to eat earlier. And I might be like, it's time for a little cheese and crackers for Morgan. Uh, <laughs> let's get rid of one, one. I'm going 5 p.m., you know? We can, yeah. uh, we can go and... Uh, do our crime after work, you know, so I can get in my full work day. I don't have to, I don't want to take, take time off. Yeah. You taking a half day to do, to do a bank robbery. That doesn't <laughs> seem like an effective use of my time. I like, I like my vacation time. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is going to take us out of snap judgments. No judgments on your snap judgments. OK, 
Okay, well, I think we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcasts plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public store link at the top of the page. Hello, and thank you for calling the DC TV Podcast Hotline. Please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed. Supergirl Radio, press 1. The Flash Podcast, press 2. Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. And uh, we have some designs in the DCTV podcast T Public Store that we would like to suggest. Yeah, we mentioned the Crisis on Infinite Earths animated movie that is supposedly, I think, still, even though the tweet was deleted, uh, I think <laughs> it's still coming in 2024. So uh, there is a Comic Girl design in our T our DCTV podcast T Public Store uh, that is about it makes a little uh, Crisis Ooh. joke. One of my favorite T shirts. I think it's a great design. And also, uh, we have a Daily Planet Photography staff uh, design in there. You can get T-shirts, mugs, stickers, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, I may have to get that. I think that's great. I'm a new uh, Jimmy Olsen Flamebird believer. So I feel like I need that Daily <laughs> yes. Planet Photography staff shirt uh, to pay homage to uh, my new favorite animated uh, version of Jimmy Olsen. So there's a lot of cool designs in there. So if you uh, need some stuff uh, for the summer, that's a good place to go check it out. And we would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting Supergirl Radio through our Patreon. These people are Michael, Anne Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, Majuba, and Lingenberry. So if you would like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, uh, go to patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. And thank you for your support. And I guess uh, I could talk about how you can keep up with me. You can find me on the social media platform Vero, where I sh share what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. Uh, sometimes I'll share links of Supergirl Radio in those posts. And uh, I'll post some pictures that I've taken every now and then because Vero does better with pictures than Instagram. So uh, you can find me on Vero at Derby Kid. You can also find me on Instagram where I share a lot of 
cat videos and uh, people doing inspiring or silly things, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, you can also follow uh, and subscribe to my personal YouTube channel if it's a seven uh, follower kind of a day. Uh, you can find <laughs> me at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. It is on my to-do list to get more content up there soon. So please stay with me. Uh, I have lots to talk about. I still haven't talked about my full circle experience in meeting Zack Snyder. So that is on my high priority to release something about that. Uh, so you can check me out on my personal YouTube channel. Uh, you can also keep up with my travel experiences on social media and on YouTube at Oasis Broom, where I am posting content from the trips that I take with my family. So if you're interested in uh, seeing where we go and what we do, that's a good place to do that. Yeah, I love you. I love the Oasis Broom. I saw the uh, the grounds for sculpture uh, reel that you put up was very cool recently. Uh, the sculptures were very lifelike. And it was they a little, were. little kind of scary a little bit. <laughs> their, their their eyes followed you. like it was like is this is this a real person excuse me sir oh no it's a <laughs> but yeah, grounds for sculpture was such a cool place i highly recommend people go there because it was a it was a neat uh uh ground for artists to express themselves i thought that was a very unique experience very cool place in new jersey i always i always bring people if people come visit i go like hey do you like sculptures <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice place to be outside you can go take a picnic you can go read yeah, we got a walk yeah we got really great. nice weather too so it was perfect they also have peacocks that just kind of run around yeah some of them are, some of them are chill they're like they're happy and some of them are angry if you get too close <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with peacocks uh it reminds that i it remind the first one of the first times i i had been there and i like saw the peacocks i'm like made the 30 rock joke because you remember i was, I was like oh, i was like with my mom i was like mom look it's argus <laughs> oh yes yes oh my gosh i've completely forgotten about that episode wow i have to go back that's a great episode of 30 rock that yeah. Argus episode I haven't I, seen it forever, I've been though. going to grounds for like ages and then uh like we went one time and like the peacocks were and it was after that episode and I was like oh my god it's Argus uh such a good episode first off thir grounds for sculpture is great but also watch the Argus episode of 30 rock it's so good watch 30 rock in general it's a fantastic show um, okay, you can also find me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic, and you can also find me as a co-host on the Legendary Ladies podcast, where uh, recently we've ranked our top five episodes of uh, Avatar, um, The Last Airbender, and Korra. And uh, just this week, we talked about the smash hit Barbie movie. So, nice. uh, if you want to uh, listen to our discussions on any of those topics, uh, you should make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel where um, it is uh, at the legendary ladies. Uh, we're at the legendary ladies on, um, on Instagram. Uh, we're at legends underscore podcast on Twitter. And we are, I think at, the legendary ladies pod on tiktok uh tiktok is still mostly a mystery to me <laughs> but we're on there we're doing it we're doing the thing <laughs> that's awesome uh i think we're still uh waiting to hit a thousand followers on instagram for supergirl radio and <gasps> if we get to a thousand we're still we'll, not quite there yet <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 start a, a tiktok if we get to a thousand uh, but we have not gotten there yet. 
Uh, but that's awesome. If you need somebody to uh, make a guest appearance to talk about Oppenheimer, I'd be happy to Ooh. be a guest. I'm just like inviting myself onto the <laughs> I would have to, I, I think we'd all have to go see it first. Uh, and it is unfortunately kind of a long movie. So finding a, the, like finding a day, like I went to go see Barbie on like a Monday night and it was, the theater was packed it was yeah. insane uh but like i was like oh man if i had gone to see oppenheimer at the same time on a monday night i would have gotten back at like 1 a.m <laughs> yeah i had to go see it at a 10 30 a.m showing that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the right way to do it because i was like if i go at six o'clock i will be tired uh if i go yeah. to a uh, seven eight nine o'clock i will also be tired i'd rather hit it first thing in the morning while i'm yeah. have your coffee you ready go to go oppenheimer ready to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I thought it was pretty excellent myself. So nice, uh, I have so. heard it's very good. So I'm I, I'm looking forward to it. I have not uh, watched Barbie yet, but I plan on going to see it. Uh, Oppenheimer. The only critique I have is like unnecessary nudity. I feel like is is a thing I could go without. Have you is, have you seen the thing my floating thing. around in that like I I don't know what country, but there is a country where they weren't comfortable with the nudity and they like CGI'd on a little black dress on Florence Pugh. I I would have preferred hilarious. that actually. I would have I would have that would have been my version that I would have rather watched. I saw uh, it going around on like I, can't, I don't remember like what social platform, but it was like, oh, what are you wearing? The CGI uh, modesty Florence Pugh black dress. <laughs> it was so good. Well, that's my one big critique of the movie is I was like, that kind of took me out of this story a little bit. So uh, it's R rated. Uh, people should not be taking no, that their, their young kids. Uh, uh, it is an R-rated movie. Who is taking a young child to see Oppenheimer? There was a look. It looked like a grandmother. She was an older uh, woman of a mature age uh, with her. It looked like her grandson. He could not have been nine, ten years old. He no. kept getting up. He was in my row. This is just me complaining about movie <laughs> audiences. He was in my row and kept getting up. He got up three, four times during the movie. I didn't know. Was he going to the bathroom? I don't know. It was a long movie. He's probably bored. <laughs> I was just like, kids, stop getting up. Just sit. And he would like get up because his grandmother was like sitting in a row, a couple of rows behind him or something. I guess they couldn't get seats together. And so he would go up and talk to his grandmother and he was talking pretty loud because he was trying to talk <laughs> no. over the IMAX uh, sound. And I was like, you need to, like, I wanted to say something, but of course I didn't because I tried to be a nice person. But uh, that kid, <laughs> that kid was way too young to see Oppenheimer. So I don't know what grandma was thinking. Uh, so don't take your young children. Do not take your like seven, eight year olds. It's not like, a, not like a cheerful, uplifting movie that you would want to maybe like take your children to. It it does include the uh, detonation of the, the atomic bomb. That's a pretty it's a heavy, heavy <laughs> material, heavy, heavy. Yeah, heavy material. So just just a word of warning. It's not it's <laughs> not for small children that's intense <laughs> yeah so uh but uh movies are are back i feel like they yeah it was like the biggest weekend of the year for movies so i'm actually very happy to see that uh, barbie heimer weekend did really did really well no matter did, which did one you saw it. did <laughs> yeah. you see, did you see the video of the one girl who like 
created a Barbieheimer outfit where no. it was like black and then it was like belted and she like took off the belt and it like unfurled into a pink outfit and then she was ready for Barbie. <laughs> I was like, I love everyone this weekend. The uh just the energy of Barbieheimer weekend was incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh it was funny. I was talking uh, this is so unrelated to anything uh, Supergirl radio. But uh, before we wrap up, uh, I would when I went to go see Oppenheimer, the theater that I went to, I guess, did not have a lot of people working that day. So there were two people doing concessions, only two. And there was this humongous line in Barbieheimer weekend, humongous line. So we were all in like nowadays. I don't know how it is with your theaters, but you can't just like there's usually every now and then there's somebody. But usually there's not a, a person at the front anymore, like scanning your tickets. Sometimes oh, you have really? to, sometimes you have to go to the concession to get them to scan and print out your tickets. Oh, weird. No, like uh, I, I, and a lot of the stuff is like kind of app based now. So usually like I'll walk into my normal theater, which I couldn't see Barbie at cause it was too crowded. Um, and like show the ticket on the phone, they'll scan it. And then like, I'll go in, Two concessions. Yeah, tip, that's tip, weird. Typically, if there is a person there, they'll just scan the the yeah the the app ticket or whatever. But if there's nobody there, you have to go to the concession, give them print it out. So there was nobody there that day when I went to go see Oppenheimer. So I was like, oh no, crap. Well, I had to go pick up my popcorn anyway, which I did the mobile popcorn and. It was useless because nobody was manning the mobile pickup thing. It's a whole thing. But <laughs> I say all of that to say there was a very long line at the concessions. And I got, uh, because to pass the time, I got into this conversation with this really nice couple. The guy was so excited about a Nolan movie. I could tell he was a big Nolan fan. And I assume it was his wife that was with him. But she was wearing this pink dress. And I mm-hmm. said something about, are, are you are you going to see Barbie? And she was like, no, why does everybody keep asking me that? <laughs> She, that's amazing she, she just happened to want to wear that pink dress that she day like, to go see off and i'm so confused she's like <laughs> as as like girls in, in pink dresses walk by and say hi barbie and she was like what is happening what's <laughs> what? happening to me I yeah well, when we went to film. see it even on monday night it was so mobbed that we had to go to a different theater than our normal usual theater and in the in the lobby like literally everyone was wearing pink in the lobby i was like this is such an interest like such a fun movie going experience (laughs) how excited people are for this movie but yeah i i love that that the barbie heimer did so well this weekend both of the movies it shows that if you have an original idea an original concept it doesn't have to be a cinematic universe it can just be a good film Imagine that we, we we actually talk about that a lot in the legendary the latest legendary ladies episode about like how refreshing it was to like not be going to a franchise film. It was really nice. I sat down and after Oppenheimer was over, I was like, ah, oh, cinema. And then <laughs> cinema has come back. The movie ended. And the movie is over now. And There's I, no I don't post-credit sequence for Oppenheimer. For another movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the lack of post-credit chef's kiss. <laughs> I was so excited. There were like layers and themes. And I was like, oh, I'm not used to this anymore. There's like <laughs> things to think about in here. And I can actually uh, decide how I feel about it. Nobody's telling me what to feel. Uh, it was very refreshing. I will say that I I agree. Okay. Well, I guess, uh, even though we, we didn't come here to talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer, uh, people got a little discussion of that if you wanted it. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl radio, but until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson and I'm still Morgan Glennon and with sci-fi weapons and a Superman becoming the norm. What is next for Metropolis? 
McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.